0: Hello, and welcome to Series 5 of the Training for Influence podcast. In this series, I'm speaking to a selection of people, all of whose life has been positively impacted by frontline professionals. Our aim is to thank and motivate frontline professionals to deliver the very best values-led services. It is my great pleasure to welcome today, Noel Moran. Noel is the Business Manager at Penal Reform Solutions, and I'm really excited to talk to him about this subject. Welcome, Noel.
1: Oh, Sammy, it's lovely to be here with you.
0: Thanks for giving me your time. It's really appreciated. No problem. What the listeners don't know is that it is actually 10 o'clock at night now, and you've been patient all day of chopping and changing times. So...
1: <laughs> well, we met it. We're here.
0: We're here, yeah. Perseverance and all that. Yeah. <laughs> Noel, would you mind telling people a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Yeah. So my job is the business manager at Penal Reform Solutions. So Penal Reform Solutions is a company that promotes personal growth within people and within organizations, predominantly within the prison system here in the UK. And that's come about from research in the Norwegian prison system by our director, Dr. Sarah Lewis. And so kind of with that, basically what the company does, it would go into prisons, it would do a complete needs analysis complete assessment of the environment of the people in there and then we would come away and we have experts then that would tailor make bespoke programs all centered around growth and particularly with our principles of growth around building relationships around well-being experiencing normality experiencing freedom which is obviously a lot of things that you don't get within prison connecting with nature and constructing a positive climate so Kind of all these things we kind of tailor make going into these places and every environment is different, different kind of programs for each one. But what makes the company so special is kind of a mixture of diverse people. So it's got people with a lived experience, like myself, who's been through the system. And then it's got people who have been through kind of probation and in the prison service and academics all come together as a team and working together.
0: So I know a little bit about Penal Reform Solutions and I know the wonderful Sarah. And it absolutely transforms lives, doesn't it?
1: It definitely does. And, you know, I can only say it's definitely helped transform my life. You know, I began the project as a researcher in 2016, where I was at a prison at the time, and it was a special measures prison. And, you know, there was a really kind of negative culture in, in that environment. There was a lot of gang culture, a lot of drug use, and a lot of violence and self-harm going on. And by this point, you know, I, I was in prison a long time. And you didn't really kind of get a glimmer of hope from any kind of the staff there, there was no support. And, you know, you didn't really see people coming forward to what actually want to help you. And, you know, one day then I stumbled across Sarah accidentally in the chapel, she was giving a talk about her research that she'd done in Norway and that she was looking for a team of resident researchers to get involved in her project within that environment. So straight away, you know, I thought this is a bit me and I signed up. So with that, we implemented the first UK growth project that went on for...
0: Just, a just of, pause a sec. No, just pause a sec. I'm going to just rewind you a little bit for our listeners. So you said really casually then. So back in 2016, I, I was in the prison when did What you actually mean is that you were a prisoner in the prison at the time, weren't you? I was, yeah. So at
1: 2016, I would have been away 10 years at that point.
0: Wow. So 10 years, and you described the place as somewhere that isn't supportive and hadn't had any hope for a while. No. And then you go into the, um, did you say the chaplaincy and that's where Sarah
1: is? Yeah, so she was there giving a talk to quite a lot of members of staff and a lot of the residents there, you know, in promoting her work and what she wanted to do and what she wanted to achieve there. And I think for the first time within that 10 years, kind of just looking at her and listening to her, and, you know, I, I don't think I've come across such a passionate individual that actually wanted to help and wanted to change the system and benefit us all. You know, it wasn't just a box ticking exercise or, you know, this is something that I thought, you know, this is real and so, I wanted to be involved in it. So that was straight away where I signed up.
0: Wow. So today's podcast is about kind of frontline professionals. And in that 10 years before you met Sarah, there must have been some good and some bad.
1: I'd be bluntly honest with you, probably more bad than good. You know, this system is a failing system and you do get some good staff, but the problem is with the good staff, you know, they're not treated right. There's a lot of burnout as well among staff. And, you know, the more pressure that they put on, then the more that obviously people within these establishments, the service users or prisoners, tend to see that you do get ones that go above and beyond. And I mentioned kind of one in particular. So throughout my sentence, I started practicing yoga and mindfulness, and, you know, I developed that. For a good few years into my own really kind of strong personal practice and i started teaching meditation classes to most of the vulnerable men within the establishment who were kind of self-harming and serious mental health issues and meditations were really starting to take effect and work with them so with that then i wanted to take that further and i wanted to do the physical aspect of the practice but then a lot of staff got in the way that they started blocking kind of my success with it and said no you know, we don't want a prisoner doing this. And then they come up and say, I'm not qualified. And, you know, so I kind of went 10 steps forward and then 10 back. So I had a chat with the deputy governor, Steve Robertson, who was in the prison at the time. And I kind of explained what I wanted to do. And straight away, you know, he see how passionate I was and, you know, the benefit and the help that I was doing for people and by default and what it was doing for me. Straight away, he allowed me to continue my classes. Then I contacted British School of Yoga and I did a level four yoga teacher qualification within the prison at the time. So I was able to go on and actually get the qualifications. And, you know, it wasn't to prove that the staff who said I couldn't do it, you know, that I went on to do it. It was a journey that I found myself on. And no matter what anyone said, you know, I was on that path, and if it wasn't for that governor, then, you know, that would have hindered me to develop that within that prison at the time, and, and I wouldn't have moved on to other prisons and continue to do the same thing.
0: Wow, it sounds like Steve really knew that you were capable of something bigger, really.
1: Yeah. Do you know, the amazing thing about him is I've often been, because I went to another prison after that prison, and I've heard people who have been in that prison, and if anyone's talking about a good governor, they always talk about Steve. <laughs> They'll always say, yeah, he's the best governor I've ever come across. And then you'll ask him kind of why. It's because he, he's helped them in this situation or he's helped them in that situation. And, you know, for prisoners to actually talk about that years down the line, you know, they don't forget it when a member of staff does good by them.
0: So tell me then, what makes a good governor? Do you know, because you, you talk about a few people that have, like, been trying to block your way. He's made decisions there, hasn't he?
1: Yeah. The problem that I found with a lot of governors is a lot of them sing from the Sam sheet. So if you get a governor that doesn't sing from the same hymn sheet, that actually follows his own path or her path and, you know, makes their own decisions and they want to promote personal growth within people, they generally want to help people. It's not just the prisoners within the environment, it's the staff too, because the better the governor is within a prison, the better they treat their staff, then the better the staff are going to treat each other and then the better they're going to treat the prisoners, you know. So it's a whole system approach really, but it filters down from the top.
0: Uh, so it goes back to, I guess, kind of the reason why these podcasts exist, really, that kind of values-led approach, actually doing good for doing good, because you can see the the wider impact.
1: Yeah. And what I did find is that, you know, some staff were actually against him for doing good. And, you know, you'd hear some staff actually talk about it, like that he's, he's for the prisoners or he's for this or he's for that. But actually, all staff should be for the prisoners. That is their job. You know, the job there is to help, you know, the men and women for rehabilitation and to reduce social harm so they can get out and, you know, live better lives. It's not there to be punitive or to punish people. You know, they're already serving a sentence that is the punishment.
0: Absolutely. I I couldn't agree with you more. And I think that you've put it really quite perfectly and really quite powerfully. So I'm really pleased that you got to go to a prison where Steve was governor and that actually, you know, that you got to have your voice heard and for him to make those decisions.
1: Yeah. And, you know, if if it wasn't for him, then, you know, I, I wouldn't have gone on to develop myself within the company, which I'll come further to in a minute, but he allowed me to write a 10-week mindfulness-based yoga program there as well within the establishment. And I taught it in there with another yoga teacher. And, you know, the feedback that we received from the men was brilliant. You know, everybody improved their sleep by 100%. There was one guy who suffered from chronic fatigue syndrome. He couldn't get out of bed till like 3 or 4 o'clock in the day sometimes. And by two weeks into the course, he was getting up at 6, 7 o'clock in the morning. He was going to the gym. He'd come off his medication. He'd come to me a couple of weeks after. And he said, look, he said, you know, he said, I've got my life back. He said, I'm in control. People who were self-harming, you know, had no thoughts of self-harm, didn't self-harm throughout the program. So with that now, with that particular program, I'm developing that even more. And my plan now is to roll it out into all prisons, try to find people like myself who really kind of want to do yoga and mindfulness and put them together with an experienced teacher and, you know, take it nationally. But it's not also just for prisons, you know, it can also be incorporated within the community and within businesses also.
0: Surely, surely, Noel, you know, there's so much I want to say about what you just said, but surely, first of all, that's a bit of a no-brainer, do you know, actually getting people like yourself in prisons to train up, to be able to support and practice something that then helps other people yeah. in the prisons. Because surely, do you know, if we're thinking about kind of that rehabilitation, if people are sleeping well, they're not taking their medication, they're calmer, surely yeah. that's better for not only their rehabilitation, but the prison system. And the staff, and you know, when you talked about Steve a minute ago, I saw dominoes in my head. You know, Steve was, you were saying he's good to the staff and then the staff are good to each other. And then because of that, the staff are then good to the residents in the prison. And it's kind of, you said the word, a whole system approach. Yeah. I'm seeing that a little bit reversed now with this yoga because actually it's exactly the same, but bottom up, isn't it? You know, you're looking after the people who are struggling, helping them be in the best position they can be, not only from a medical perspective, but also from a mental health perspective. Surely that, that's that got to be perfect for rehabilitation and that whole systems approach that you were talking about, the impact of a programme like that must be immense.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I'm just one person. So could you imagine if all staff maybe, you know, spoke to the men or women and, you know, like really kind of looked at them and and actually found out, you know, what their hobbies are, what it is that they excel at, really try to narrow that gap, you know, between them, because that's the biggest problem in prisons is trust and breakdown in relationships. And it's, it's, it's on either side. So if they really kind of identify, you know, areas that they want to do instead of putting them forcing them into a prison sweatshop or a prison workshop, you know, for for pennies. And because all that's telling a person is basically, you know, when you get out, all you're good for is minimum wage. And, you know, you can't survive on minimum wage just getting out of prison. You, you come out of prison with 46 quid and, you know, that's barely going to get you home if you've got a home to go to. So they give you career opportunities, you know, get you on the right programs, get you on the right courses and support you along the way. Then you're going to have more people like me sitting there talking about my journey and what I plan to do with my journey and talking about how great the system is.
0: Yeah, which in my mind is just a win-win situation. (laughs) I talk a lot about the importance of interrupting that generational cycle of harm, abuse and poverty. And, you know, when I talk about my story, I talk about the fact that actually because a frontline professional helped me at the right time, started that kind of domino effect off for me. Actually, I'm really fortunate now. I've got a wonderful life with a wonderful family, wonderful friends. I'm giving back to society and that generational harm, poverty and abuse has ceased with me. And every single person who is supported within the prison system and supported effectively who has their self-esteem built and kind of really learns to not only like themselves, but love themselves, see the potential they've got. That's what makes the difference, you know, that's what makes us as human beings, you know, you've been able to come out of prison into, really honestly, Noel, a more scarier world than bloody usual. You know, I don't think it was ever going to be simple coming out after 15 years or however long it was in total, but actually you chose a pandemic.
1: Yeah, (laughs) Um, one lockdown to another.
0: (laughs) But you've come out to a supportive network, people who care about you, people who respect you. And also knowing that actually, as an individual, you're here to make a difference and you're bloody good at something. Everybody should leave prison feeling that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And it doesn't take a lot. All it takes is just to show a bit of time for someone. Like I remember the last prison that I was at, it was an open prison. And throughout this lockdown the pandemic, you know, staff, they're handled very bad. You know, they become more punitive with the men there. And, oh. and it just escalated things there, you know, it caused the men to hit the staff even more and hit the system even more. And you couldn't ask questions, you couldn't challenge, there was no communication. But I understand, you know, from their perspective also that they were, we're all going through the... Because when this first pandemic hit, there was a lot of uncertainty and we all didn't know what was going to happen. We were concerned for our loved ones. And But, you know, having visits and having everything stops, you know, and kind of limiting your family contact and especially being an outbreak within the site as well. But one of the things which I remember, it was just something so small. There was an OSG member of staff at the time and she just come up to me and she, you know, she'd often talk to me and she said, look, are you OK? Do you need help with anything? And um, Can I do anything for you? You know, just some simple little words and you know how much that meant. You know, it meant so much because ever staff are more interested in having a go at you or asking you what you're doing then actually shown just a little bit of concern when actually, you know, we're really stressed and anxious and the whole environment's feeling that. So if all the staff are going around doing that, prisons be much, a lot more calmer and safer places.
0: Yeah. And actually um, more human places.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Because I, I remember and, you know, when I think about it, I can still feel it. The times when I was street homeless, the thing that made the biggest difference to me was when somebody stopped, smiled and said hello because 3,000 people walked past or would kick something that would kind of knock me as as if I just didn't matter whatsoever. And I know that's different to being in prison, but it's the only thing that I can compare from, you know, I had no power whatsoever, no control over anything. So that's where my kind of comparison goes. And I remember it meaning more to me if somebody smiled and said hello than if I had a bed for that night. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's it's just that humanity as well and, you know, how that makes you feel. It, it makes you feel human, you know, and they're not looking down with you, you know, they're treating you with that mutual respect.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I also think that actually there's a fine line between us and them. And actually, maybe we should all stand back and kind of recognise that actually the difference between me and you, not you as a person, but me and you as the concept, is yeah. usually the environment and the opportunities, And I just think that kindness just goes a long way. I just think that there's nothing more simplistic. I know, obviously, I I studied psychology. If I have a debate with Sarah, she has just shed loads of kind of psychological theory and impact that she can kind of show all of the different spheres and things. And all of that is so true. But when you strip everything away, if you're just looking at the bare bones, I truly believe that it comes down to kindness.
1: Yeah. It does. And even what I found in prisons as well, whether it's with staff or whether it's with other residents, and if you find yourself in a hostile environment and you're treating someone with kindness, you know, instead of actually giving them what they want and confronting them, then they've got nothing to say. You know, it just completely disarms them. Because, you know, how how can you be hostile towards somebody if they're just showing you loving and kindness? You know, you've got nothing to say, have you?
0: No, I completely agree with you. I'd like to take a brief interval from talking to our wonderful guest today to tell you a little bit about Training for Influence. We're on a mission to help frontline services easily access quality, values-led training. That's why we developed our Train the Trainer programme based on the book, Transform Your Training. We run four intakes a year, and each applicant is selected based on their current experience level and values. Just like our methodology, We've designed the learning to be personalized, interactive, inspirational and suitable for both new and experienced trainers to help them develop and deliver sessions either face to face or live online. If you're interested in applying for our 12 week blended learning qualification, then please do get in touch. All of our contact details can be found in the show notes. Oh, well. I'm really pleased that, what, five, six years ago, you are on your journey. Was it in the same prison that Steve was governor that you then met Sarah, or was that a different prison?
1: That was the same prison, yeah. So he uh, must
0: have invited her in then to speak to the staff, must not he?
1: Yeah, so he was a big part of the growth project being there. So they initially spoke, Steve and Sarah, and so he actually initiated the growth project at the time. And what I did find with the particular project, and... At the beginning of it, it was very interesting because we're all getting trained up now. So Sarah's training us up in criminology and research methods and for <laughs> analysis. And, you know, you've spoke to Sarah, so it's like a computer basically <laughs> off, <off-loaded. laughs> and, She's you know, pretty,
0: pretty phenomenal, isn't she? <laughs> she you know,
1: shes I've never met someone with a mind like her. She's brilliant. and But just with the passion that she has as well. And, you know, there was a lot of staff and even the men that didn't buy into the project at first. Because as I said earlier about hope you know, people lacked that hope within the system because you see so many kind of different things kind of getting brought into prisons and, you know, and it failing and it not working. But what we found is the people who were actually saying, oh, this ain't going to work, this ain't, nothing's going to happen. Four or five, six months down the line, these very people were coming up to us. How do we get involved? You know, what can we do? You know, everyone was kind of buying into it. And the more that people were buying into it and the people that want, you know, they were outnumbered by this point. So they thought, okay, you know, we better tag along and get involved in this as well. So, We went from a complete negative culture to, I don't even know how to describe it, you know, just a nice, safe place to be in as a community, even though, you know, we're in a prison.
0: The fundamentals of the Growth Project are about values, aren't they?
1: Yeah, so, you know, kind of the main values, you know, really, it's about giving people a second chance. It's about reducing social harm and... It's about working with people and it's about building people's personal growth, you know. And the biggest thing that we find within that is relationships, you know, without kind of having relationships and healthy relationships and systems. Well, it's in life in general, doesn't it? You know, it doesn't work.
0: I think out of everything in my life, when I look back, it's relationships that have been the thread throughout. Good relationships and bad relationships, and then learning to balance the two as you get kind of a bit older and a little bit wiser. Yeah, Um, definitely. But relationships lead everything.
1: Yeah, and you get to kind of realize, you know, when you value a relationship as well that it's worth fighting for, or if it's a toxic relationship, then you know it's not worth fighting for. You can kind of walk away from it. But I think we kind of learn that more as we get older and wiser. Not that I'm saying I'm old or anything. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I, I'm going to stick with the wiser, but I'm not accepting yeah. the older because it was my big birthday during the pandemic and yeah, it got cancelled. So I'm having another, another couple of years under 40. Thanks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well,
1: when is your 40th, let us know.
0: Yeah, yeah, we'll do. It might be a while yet now.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, so you clearly went on a real journey of personal growth, definitely over the last five or six years yeah. of yeah. being in prison. And you've developed yourself, developed a programme helped other people. you talked about Steve and you've kind of mentioned Sarah. Definitely. Tell us a little bit about actually what Sarah did for you and how she supported and helped you on that journey.
1: So Sarah's been a complete rock for me, even at the time that I spent working for guy's Marsh, You know, she was really kind of there for me, just... Because she's someone that you can talk to and you're not being judged. And she gives you the right advice and she also gives you kind of the freedom, you know, to kind of just take a little step back and stuff as well when you work with her. And she's kind of just that perfect person to talk to, that perfect listener. And when I moved on to open conditions, I stayed in contact with her and stayed in contact with the company. Because I wanted to continue this work and I always said to her, you know, this is not a box tick for me. This is something that I'm really passionate about. And, you know, I want to help people who've gone through what I've gone through, you know, because I know that I can touch people in a way that nobody else can. You know, I can really reach out to them. And so when I uh, got to open conditions, Condition, as soon as I was able to come out on Rotten's on oh, my day releases to work in the community, Sarah offered me the job as a business manager for the company, and, you know, that was a real honour for her to offer me that and to work with a team and, you know, to manage a team and to manage the business, even though I'm still serving a prison sentence, you know, so I continued to do that my whole time throughout open conditions, um, obviously lockdown kind of put a spanner in the works a little bit, and I continue here today.
0: Wow, no, You must know that that's not an ordinary story for somebody going through the prison system.
1: No, definitely not. And that boils down to Sarah and, you know, the trust that she's put in me. She's trusted me with her company, you know, and to manage her company. And, you know, when she's not there, then, you know, I'm in charge. So to be able to to have that and, you know, she knows I'll always do good by her and I'll always do good by the company. And, you know, my ultimate goal within this is to change the system, you know, to better the system. Because I I often speak to people, you know, I speak to men. And I remember going into a prison once and I had my yoga gear on and they thought I was a yoga teacher coming in from the outside. And then when I told them actually I was a prisoner, their eyes just lit up. You know, there was about 20 of them standing around me and, you know, they're really engaged in what I had to say. But if I have just been a a yoga teacher without kind of that lived experience, they wouldn't even bother coming over and speaking to me. But, you know, they just felt really kind of inspired. And, you know, what I can kind of say to them is like, look, lads, you know, I know how you feel. I know how you feel. You might feel that you can't see a light at the end of the tunnel kind of at this stage. But you know, you stick to your goals, you stay on track and you know, you will achieve it.
0: I can't imagine that there's anything more powerful than that.
1: No, it's just so, you know, so rewarding. There's no kind of better feeling than it, you know, because you know, a few simple little words, just like we were talking about staff and stuff earlier, you know, the impact that some of them has had on me and just helped me with my well being. You know, and I know now as a professional that I'm passing something similar on, if not even more.
0: Yeah. And that, do you know, like if a drop of rain goes into a puddle and it just ripple, ripple, ripples or, do you yeah. know, butterfly yeah. wings. That's yeah. exactly what you're doing now, isn't
1: it? Yeah, definitely. And, you know, this, this is just the beginning of my journey. You know, I've done the hard bit. So now I'm going to set out what to set out to do.
0: Yeah. And what's really interesting is when you talk about Sarah, and you talk about penal reform solutions the way that you're describing the way that she worked with you is that she was consistent and that she had faith in you and she was kind to you and supported you and this is no disservice to sarah whatsoever but she didn't do any magic did she those behaviours are what should be ordinary human behaviours you know and she's just managed to wrap those in this wonderful program that she runs and that she learned and she developed
1: yeah sarah is definitely someone who i can you know honestly say that she practices what she preaches and it's not just myself who she's given this great opportunity we we have a lot of other guys on the team as well who also have gone through the system and you know they've been involved in in the growth project in various different prisons And, you know, they're all doing different stuff now with us. They're doing consultancy work and they're doing training and they're really developing themselves as well. So it's not just me that she's kind of set up on this journey. You know, it's the other men too. And it's not just them, you know, it's the other projects that we're doing in other prisons at the moment and, you know, future work and... The more people that we are going to develop and that's going to get on board of us. And Sarah has that kind of attitude is when you're involved with Penal reform solutions and you're on that growth project, it's a lifelong membership. So people are going to mess up, whether they mess up, go back to prison or whether they just have a bit of a lapse or relapse, whatever it is. You know, we're always here. And. It's about giving people just that time and and that space and to know that actually what you do, we're not going to be punitive. You know, this is how we're going to deal with you. If you need to take a time out, if you need to take a step back, then that's also available to you. Even just getting out of prison, you know, she gave me a lot of space before I come back to work and just making sure that I was ready to get back into the office. And I remember coming back into the office, actually, because... I've been out of work for a little while over the lockdown and stuff and that as well. And she just offloaded to me kind of what we've been doing and just my head nearly blew up. Um, I think half of it was outside the office somewhere. She, as I said earlier about Sarah's mind, you know, it's like the computer offloading to you. And yeah, so I'm just kind of getting my head around the business side of things now and just getting myself back on track with it. But um, I'm nearly there
0: know I, I just love all of that. Do you know in my head, Noel, I can see this little cartoon Noel now kind of sitting in the office with wide eyes with all of these just little fireworks go around around the outside of this cartoon yeah. head. But you know what I really loved is when you said you know people can mess up and actually yeah. will still be here. I think that's so so important because actually all of us in our life are going to mess up time and time and time again. Do you yeah. know, but actually if you've also been part of a system that quite honestly often expects you to mess up and hasn't necessarily invested in skills for the future and such like, yeah. do you know, actually even building trust and believing somebody will still be there when you've yeah. messed up is actually yeah. a bit of a learning curve. I remember being an angry teenager and pushing away as much as I could just to see if the person would come back or not. And I hadn't spent time in the prison system, you know, so yeah. that reliability and that predictability and those, yeah. I guess, those professional boundaries, but within the values of what you're trying to achieve.
1: Yeah. And I think like a lot of staff do have an understanding of the systems and, you know, how they can help the individuals kind of keep away from crime and stuff. But when you're being punitive for no reason or you're digging people out for no reason or it, it's I understand, you know, the prison system has to follow the rules and stuff like that, but there's also, you know, actually just looking and assessing the situation and, you know, for for kind of what it really is. There's ways of dealing with things as well, you know, from a procedural justice side of things, because if someone does mess up, you know, it's how you deal with them, it's how you talk to them, and it's it's how you treat them. You know, that completely changes things as well, because if they understand, actually, do you know what? Yeah, I did mess up, and I acknowledge that, and you've been challenged correct about it then that gives that person room to grow but when you just come down and like a ton of bricks then you know where's the growth
0: yeah yeah absolutely and actually if they're anything like me um, in that type of situation I just fight harder
1: yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's what I do so yeah no I just think I think you speak much sense Noel and I'm really excited for the future for you for you individually very honestly, but also for you as part of Penal Reform Solutions, I think that with you as business manager working in partnership with Sarah and the whole team and the men out there in the prisons and things, I just think that we're going to see some magic happen. I'm excited to see that. And I'm, I'm quite proud to even know you.
1: Yeah, well, thank you. And, you know, I know what you do as well. And you're amazing. Also, you know, you're touching the hearts of a lot of people. So, you know, have a look in the mirror
0: thanks perfect. i'll yeah. take that tonight it's about quarter to 11 now so i think that yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. note at this time of night so Noel, before we finish then what would your kind of parting words i guess be to be people working on the front line Do you know they are ordinary people and i have to remind yeah. other people of this all of the time frontline professionals are ordinary people also in a pandemic at the moment also having their children off school or added pressure of isolation And potentially the prison system or whoever their employer is, expecting them to work more hours, do more, invest in them less. And they're peed off. They're really peed off, but they've still got to go to work. You know, you and I know that all of that outside stuff impacts the way they deliver their services. Even for the very best of us, I have some not very nice moments that I can think back to in my career where I can think I could have done better there. Do you know? So we all have those moments. But if somebody's listening to this and they're thinking it's hard, what are your words to them for when they go into work, the difference they can make with the way they treat people that day? I think...
1: I will kind of answer that question is I come to what I would do in terms of my teaching and within my yoga classes and what I always tell people coming into the class, it's about checking your ego at the door, you know, and so, you know, what I'd say to staff is, you know, like check your problems at the door. And I know obviously it's difficult because you, whether you've got stuff going on in your personal life or whether, you know, you're getting crap from upstairs or whether you're in a really kind of toxic and hostile environment, but it's positivity you know it's about remaining positive but it's also about checking yourself you know and just having a little reflection with yourself and if the job is getting to your way you're at with that job and if it's making you unhappy then it's about looking at areas of actually what support and what help that you can get you know because there is help and there is support out there for frontline staff and you know a lot of them may not feel it but, if, you know, if you search, you have to identify within yourself first that, you know, there's a problem. There's an issue that you're tired, that you're you're stressed, that you're anxious, you're, you're burned out. Because if you just continue on that path, then, you know, where are you going to find yourself? You're going to find yourself in a position and with a job that you're not happy with. You know, you're going to feel that you're getting more kind of sour down the road. and. The impact that's going to have on the people that you're working with, you know, they're going to feel that energy and whatever chances you've got of building, you know, a rehabilitative climate or building relationships or trust or hope, you know, it's just not going to get there.
0: Do you know, no, I was about to say wow again and I thought that I might have set a record in this podcast. But I'm not- <laughs> <laughs> Really, really, really wise words. You know, it's been my absolute pleasure talking to you this evening. And I'm really grateful for you giving up not only your time, but in real truth, your wisdom as well. You know, you you have lived this. And, you know, seven and a half weeks ago, you actually officially stepped to the other side. You are one of those frontline professionals, officially in inverted commas now. You know, we've already talked about that kind of line of, us and them. But I think yeah. it makes your words just so powerful mm-hmm. that really recently you can reflect on kind of the difference it makes when somebody treats you well and not even especially well, just human in, yeah. in some occasions. So now tell our listeners where they can find out more about you and Penal Reform Solutions and your yoga course and everything.
1: You can look on our website, It's www.penalreformsolutions.com. And with my yoga stuff, it's on Instagram Nola Yoga. So I'm building a profile at the minute, and you know, very soon I'm going to be launching a lot of stuff within that. But you will find all the information about the program and the course itself. And you can contact me through the company at info at painoreefsfromsolutions.com. And you know, any questions, you know, I'm happy to reopen and honest to answer anything you've got.
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you again for your time tonight. I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you again very soon.
1: Thank you very much, Tammy.
0: Take care. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast today. We really hope you found it enjoyable and useful. Please do click subscribe and then you'll be the first to know when we publish the next episode. And we'd love it if you could share this podcast with a friend or a colleague who might find the tips useful or resonate with the stories. If you'd like to find out any more about us or our wonderful guests, all the information can be found in the show notes. We really hope you have a wonderful day. And please remember, be kind to yourself. It makes all the difference.